0: good morning holy church of god it is time for sunday morning alive right here on our website can't wait till we're together again physically being able to do whatever we need to do to be able to assemble in the name of jesus christ i love the scripture that says where two or more are gathered together in my name There am I in the midst of them. Amen. And then he goes on to say there's a purpose in this gathering. There's a purpose that God wants to achieve in the midst of us. If two of you on earth shall agree as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be given them of my Father which is in heaven. Praise God. When we come together, power is present and power can be released. When we come into a green prayer and intercession, friend of mine, when we worship God together, he inhabits the praises of his people. Praise the Lord. So we are glad that you are here with us together today around the Word of God right here on our website and you that are part of our our web family our listening family and you that are brand new uh, to come to our website seeking counsel and comfort from the Word of God today we're glad that you're going to share our Sunday morning service with us all over America uh, and all over the world in whatever continent you are hearing us from. We thank God for the World Wide Web that we can communicate with you directly, distinctly, perfectly from the Word of God today. Amen. Thank you for being here once again. God loves you. He has a, a heart of compassion and a heart of great Great love today for not just his people, but for all the people of this fallen world, even those who who his 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 justice demands that we be judged if we refuse his offer of grace and pardon yet he's motivated by love today to reach out to you and I want you to know that if you will come to him today this can be the day the turning point in your life amen and this can be the turning point in all our lives if we decide to respond the way he seeks us to respond to his message to us today Now, there are many things that I could minister on today, but I have sought the Lord uh, for this particular message at this particular time so that we can hear more than just the preacher's intentions to console us, but God's intention to counsel us and correct us where we need correcting so that he can bless us where we need blessing hallelujah and we need his favor we need his blessing if we ever needed the lord before we sure do need him now that's not just a psalm a song to be sung that is a prayer uh, to be acknowledged and prayed hallelujah well thank god we have him and he's with us today and he wants to bless us make no mistake about that but in order to get us postured for blessing position for blessing we need his counsel and we need to give heed to what the Spirit says to the church today. Now, I have bowed my knee, bowed my heart to the Lord today, and I always tell the Holy Spirit, I tell God, let me speak as an oracle of God, I tell Christ, let me magnify you and glorify you, amen, and I tell the Holy Spirit uh, to speak to me that you may speak through me as we go to the Word of God this morning. And I I bow to him and tell him, I make my tongue the pen of a ready rider. So just speak to me that you might speak through me. Now, the message that God has laid on my heart to share with you today is beware of Saul's armor. Some of you in our physical congregation have heard this message preached. I think the morning I brought it, many were on vacation, and I brought some of it again. We want to go deeper into this message today, and you'll understand the title when we get into the scriptures in just a few moments. Beware of Saul's armor, resetting the focus of our faith, beware of Saul's armor, resetting The focus of our faith if there's ever a time when we need to take a personal inventory individually and collectively and really globally as nations of the world we need to do it in times like this Uh, someone said i believe god is trying to get our attention and i understand what is meant by that But I believe God has our attention right now. I believe many, many people are are thinking more about where God is and how He plays into this situation that we are in. Does He have any influence? Do we have any trust in Him? Listen carefully to this great truth today. Amen. God is on the throne and God is in control. And if we will put our trust in him, God is able and faithful to turn this situation around. Give us a space of repentance and opportunity uh, to begin to bring in a mighty harvest just before the coming. Of Jesus Christ today while people are thinking about their mortality and eternity God is able to capitalize on that and bring conviction and bring people to the saving knowledge of Jesus and I'm looking for a great global harvest of souls in the midst of all the chaos in the midst of the heartache and the heartbreak how quickly things have changed Things that we have put our trust in. Things that we thought were unshakable. You know, the scriptures teach that that the time is coming when everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken so that that which cannot be shaken might remain. Glory to God. Friend, in these mighty times of shaking, uh, God wants to speak to us through this shaking so that that which cannot be shaken might remain you know the bible also speaks of this kingdom of god this invisible but but more viable than than any tangible thing including the earth and the universe having received a kingdom which cannot be shaken amen see we should be unshakable in our faith unshakable in our trust because the kingdom of the kingdoms of the world will pass away but the kingdom of god is eternal praise the lord amen now i want to tell you why that i believe that we need this message so desperately it's because satan works overtime to try to get us to put our trust in that that can be and will be and is being shaken right here and right now. There's going to be an aftermath of this when this this issue is resolved through inoculation or whatever kind of medical procedure that they come up with uh, to inoculate enough people uh, to bring us uh, into less of, of a fearful situation that we're in in the middle of this crisis right now. One thing is for certain, one thing is for sure. Without God's intervention, all that we have is the ingenuity, the intelligence, and the ability of the flesh. And that is so very limited today. Amen. We are told to be cautioned about trusting in ourself and trusting in our systems instead of trusting in our God. It is, it is a slap in the face to our Creator to not make Him the source and acknowledge Him in our life. That's why the New Testament taught, go to now, you that say, Tomorrow we will go into this city, we will establish this business, we will build this, we will do that. You should say, see, the acknowledgement of God. You should be saying, if the Lord wills, we will do this or we will do that. If the Lord wills. The scripture teaches to acknowledge the Lord in all our ways and he will direct our path. Amen. To trust in the Lord with all of our heart and to lean not to our own understanding. I I believe that so much of the answer globally and right here in America and personally to what we are facing in this pandemic is what the church of jesus christ does i'm talking about the true born-again believers i'm not talking about a denomination per se i'm talking about those who have come to jesus christ and trusted in him as our lord and savior and therefore being reconciled unto god to where we can pray and know that when we come to the Father in the name of Jesus Christ that we will have an audience with Him. So the scripture becomes highly relevant today in the Old Covenant that simply says, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and this is the pivotal point of this to us today as Christians, and turn from their wicked way. I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. This is a personal, precise promise from God. If you do this, I will do that. Hallelujah. It's one of those Put me to the test scriptures. Hallelujah. Just like Malachi, prove me herewith. Put me to the test. If you do this, put me to the test and see if I won't do that. Well, praise God, I want to do this today. If repentance is what God needs from me in order for restoration to come to me and my prayer to be effective to him, I want to be, I want to be, have a zeal for repentance. I don't know how in the world repentance, in the world I understand, but I don't know how repentance has got such a negative spin on it. Been relegated to old time, fire and brimstone preaching. Friend of mine, we need some old time, fire and brimstone preaching. This is not some outdated thing, amen, that should be relegated to the past and now we're too modern for that. As one preacher said to another preacher uh, in, in not too long ago when he was a preacher of repentance and a preacher of righteousness. And, and uh, the reason that this minister didn't want to have a particular minister to minister for him. He said he's just not sexy enough for our congregation. Friend of mine, that is a very telling statement of why the church isn't as relevant in this area of intercession as we need to be. We're not looking for someone, and I understand this is not necessarily talking about the, the sensual part of sexiness. It means he's just not cool enough. He's just, but the terms, the crass terms that are used from a, 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 someone in a pulpit of a mega church, a friend of mine, I want you to know, we need, we need to hear what the Spirit says to the church. We need to hear from God today. We don't need someone who is is cool and with it. We need someone who is is in touch and in tune with what the Spirit of God has to say today. God is on record as saying this, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked way, I will hear from heaven, I will heal their land. Today, what the enemy wants to do is to get us to continue to not focus on God as our source, but to look to ourself and our systems I want to read you a result of, uh, of an example of this recently just a little over a week ago when the the virus in New York flattened it doesn't mean it's over it's in under control it means that that the the, the people dying came to a plateau and the, uh, uh, that they could say that we have reached this plateau with flatten the curve is the language that is used it's not over it's just not continuing to spiral as it was it's continuing it just isn't spiraling and this is what the new york governor como had to say about that and i quote in a press conference he said the number is down because we brought the number down god did not do that Faith did not do that. Destiny did not do that. A lot of pain and suffering did that. That's how it works. It's math. And if you don't continue to do that, you're going to see that number go back up. And that will be a tragedy if the number goes back up. You know, friend, that's a pretty bold statement coming from a governor presiding over a pandemic that is currently continuing to fill mass graves as hundreds and into the thousands now are dying and things begin to slightly improve. And when it gets just a little bit better because of the, the procedures set in place, and that's a good thing, don't get me wrong, but to be able to say, we did this, God didn't do that. No credit to God. No call to nor credit to prayer. No need for God's intervention. Uh, we got this attitude. And then, for a major news network, a lady uh, says, Thank God for Governor Como. You can see the leaning to the arm of flesh and the glorying in flesh. And no glory given to God. I tremble when I see and hear such pride and self-sufficiency. When what we really need is repentance and humble dependency. While God may use the human agency, it's God alone who should be acknowledged and glorified. He's the source of all the good in this world. God is the source of the medical knowledge. And while we applaud and should, the medical professionals putting their life on the line to help us and others who need help. At any given time, we know that the good in this world, the knowledge to help, the medicines, the vaccines, the answers and solutions that help people, this is coming from God. Every good and perfect gift, James says, comes down from the father of lights. He's the one that illuminates our minds and our hearts to see and develop these things to help others. And he should receive the honor and the glory. And while he gives this knowledge to man, we should look past the people while while thanking them acknowledging Him, we should look to God and give Him all of the glory. This is the trick of the devil, to get us to put on the armor of the flesh and the armor of man instead of the armor of God. Now, I don't have any expectations of the world who is trying the culture in our world today, not just in America, in our world, that is trying to push God out of the collective consciousness of our culture. I understand the blindness that is in them. And I do not expect them to put God as their source until they accept Christ as their Savior and they're reconciled to God and renewed in the spirit of their mind. But there is an expectation from God of His people, my people, which are called by my name, not to keep trusting in the systems of man and trusting in the arm of flesh, but to keep our trust in the Lord. Amen. This is so important today, particularly in this particular time that we are in. So I want you to turn with me to First Samuel 17, 38 and 39. I've ministered this to our physical congregation here in part. We want to go a little deeper into this truth today that we need. Beware of Saul's armor. And this is when David came down to become a champion in behalf of the nation of Israel to face the champion of the Philistines. In effect, Goliath, this giant warrior warrior. The deal was made. We will put out our best warrior against your best warrior. And the warrior that defeats the other warrior, we will serve that nation. So a lot was on the line when Saul was looking for someone among his military elite that could go out and represent Israel and represent the king and represent Jehovah, the God of Israel, the True and the Living God, against this Philistine giant and this 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 pagan gods that were worshipped in in the Philistines among the Philistines. And so it says, and Saul armed David. He picked David because he recognized the anointing upon David, and he knew the power. Of the anointing and the place of the anointing and the spirit of God, more than any other uh, 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 asset to go out and do battle with the enemies of Israel was the anointing Samson bore an anointing to defend Israel, and they did not know the source of his power because it was supernatural it wasn't visible. And in this case, Saul recognized what was once mightily manifest in his life, a mighty anointing to win victories on battlefields, knowing that there was a spiritual component to this victory. And that was in the invisible manifest presence of God. Hallelujah. But Saul armed David with his armor. And he put a helmet of brass on his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor. David had on Saul's armor, all of it. Because Saul said, if you're going to represent your king and your God and, 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 and your nation, you need my armor. You need to go out in my armor, and you will win with my armor on. And David essayed to go, he said, but he stopped. He hesitated, for he had not proved it. Well, what did he know uh, that would work? Against that, that he know, maybe, maybe I'm supposed to, but no, I can't go unless I know. What did he know? When he first came down to bring bread and cheese to his brothers to serve them amen they begin to tell him he people begin to tell him about this mighty giant that was going to represent the Philistines in in this battle to the death of two champions and David heard how big and mighty and imposing this mighty warrior was And David had had an experience because he had been anointed to be king. He had experienced the power of that anointing and the power of faith in the name of the Lord God of Israel. When he was keeping sheep with no one to chronicle this, (laughs) amen, he said a bear came, tried to steal a sheep and I killed him. Didn't tell how he did it. Might have been the sling. I don't know if he did it like Samson grabbed a hold of him. Like Samson did the lion when the spirit of the Lord came on him. Amen. But I know one thing for sure. David knew the power and the place of the anointing, the place of the supernatural in these battles and circumstances. He said, a lion came and I slayed the lion. I, through that anointing, have slain the lion I have slain the bear, and who is, I don't care how big he is, David said. Some people have put it this way, uh, to everybody else without faith in God and the anointing, Goliath was too big to hit. To David, because of that anointing and faith in God's presence and power (laughs) and God's supernatural, he was too big to miss. Glory be to God. Somebody out there shout amen. Come on, let me hear you. I need to hear you. I don't need it to preach anymore. I just love to hear God's people agreeing with the truth of God. Amen. We need the supernatural today. We've got the natural. And it's, it has its place, but it cannot replace our trust and our faith in the supernatural, invisible, but very, very viable power and presence of God. Amen <laughs> hallelujah so So David says, "Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that defies the armies?" Of the living God. Amen. (laughs) So David said. I put off Saul's armor. I put it off. I could not go to battle. Leaning on the arm of flesh. Because of what I knew about these battles and how to win them. And what I learned, amen, because of the anointing that was upon my life. Praise God, amen. We need to beware of Saul's armor. You know, Saul got wrong with God. He quit trusting in God. And when he became self-sufficient, he quit obeying God. Let me go back to this scripture again and let's deal with this wicked way thing. If my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked way, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. Above all, we, we need to repent of all the sins that we know that we need to repent of and there are many kinds of sins that can enter our life and we can be uh, brought into areas of compromise sins of omission sins of commission but there is a particular peculiar sin that we need to repent of and it is the sin of self-sufficiency of operating not only, not only, just not exclusively trusting in God, but trusting in someone or something else other than God. I want to read something to you from Isaiah chapter 30. Listen to it carefully. We want to identify this sin of self-sufficiency and When we become self-sufficient, we become dependent on other sources than God himself. Listen to it. Woe to the rebellious children, saith the Lord, that take counsel, but not of me, that cover with a covering, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. Underscore that. That they may add sin to sin. That walk down into Egypt, and have not asked at my mouth to strengthen themselves in the strength of Pharaoh, and not to trust in and to trust in the shadow of Egypt, therefore shall the strength of Pharaoh be your shame, and the trust in the shadow of Egypt your confusion. He said, "You know it's okay to get an ally to help you to win a battle. They went down into Egypt to get. Uh, to get conscript soldiers to to pay to have part of Egypt's army join their army to help uh, defend them against any adversary. They didn't ask God about this alliance. You see the independence, the wickedness of trusting in ourself and trusting in Egypt here, in this case, other than trusting in God, that they might add sin to sin. You know, the Bible said, acknowledge the Lord in how many of our ways? In all of our ways, and He will direct our path. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. That's all He's asking for today. Amen. I want, to, I want to identify this sin to sin in Jeremiah uh, chapter 2 and verse 11. Jeremiah 2 and verse 11 through verse 13. And this is a question we need to address as a nation and individually today. It says in verse 11, hath a nation changed their gods, which are yet no gods, but my people have changed their glory for that which doth not profit. Be astonished, O ye heavens, at this. Be horribly afraid, and be very desolate, saith the Lord. For my people have committed two evils, ye see, sin to sin. Here's how this works. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Two evils, the forsaking of God and then the replacing of God with that that can never replace Him. All of the systems of man without God, it becomes sin when we trust in those systems and quit trusting in God. Look to and lean on those systems instead of God and his kingdom. That's why the Bible said in the broader sense of this statement in Romans 4 and verse 23, not just about that particular peculiar circumstance, but in this broad statement, whatsoever that is not of faith is sin. If it does not proceed from faith, it is sin. And I believe the wicked way in particular That the Bible is speaking of. That would hinder our ability to intercede. So that God can intervene. If my people. Which are called by my name. Would humble themselves and pray. And turn from their wicked way. I will hear from heaven. I will heal their land. Oh friend of mine. I'm so glad God made that promise. If you do this. I'm going to do that. Praise God. That's why we want to reset our focus today. If we're leaning on or looking to anyone, even ourselves, or anyone else or anything else other than God as our ultimate source, though God may use your job, you need to look past that. Many jobs are going to be lost when this is over. But God is still a supplier of our needs. He's still the one that can multiply the fish and loaves, turn the water to wine, bring water out of the rock. You see the difference in man's limited systems and God's unlimited provisions to keep his promises in our life. We dare not go to battle with the armor of Saul when what we need is the armor of God. We dare not depend upon the natural when what we desperately need is the supernatural. Oh, friend of mine, I believe God wants to infuse the church today, the real church, not just ours or yours, but the one that is made up of every born again believer, the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the called out ones. I believe he wants to infuse us with spiritual power and he wants us to release that power when we Pray, amen, that mighty changes will come. God hears and God heals. Praise God. And we need a healing, not just from this virus in our land and in our world. We need a healing in that broken relationship with God. Not only that sinners need to get saved, but saved people need to recommit and refocus our trust today. And we're going to try to finish this sermon next week because we can't do it justice today. But I want you to know this is a message that can change our individual life. And I believe it can change our nation. And I believe It can change our world that we have a space to work and a space of repentance just before Jesus Christ comes. We're in the beginning of sorrows that is spoken of. We'll try to explain that as we go forward in these sermons. We are without a doubt in the beginning. That's not setting a date on his coming. It is recognizing a condition upon the earth and in the world that would just precede his coming. I'm not saying when he's coming, but I am saying his coming is soon. And right now we need to trust him like never before. At a young age, David made his decision to trust God. And his Psalms represent that decision to trust God. I like the way he sums it up in Psalm 5, 11 and 12. It says, let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Amen. This is a time, wouldn't it be something if God's people begin to sing songs of praise To honor God because He is God and our trust is in God today. Wouldn't it be something to hear the high praises of God? That's how we win battles when we trust Him. With a sword in our hand and the high praises of God in our mouth. That's what He wants to hear today. That's what He wants to see today. You know, this Bible that I'm preaching from today, you know what this word is called? Amen. It's part of the spiritual armor of God. This word is called the the, taking the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Hallelujah. I don't know about the sword that Saul had. But I know the sword of God is the word of God. And I know that we are well armed spiritually to win battles, not only in our behalf, but in behalf of others today. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Oh, it's time that the church of Jesus Christ stood up with a focused, laser-focused trust in God and be able to say what David is saying here because of it. Let all those rejoice who put their trust in you. Let them ever shout for joy because you defend them. Let those also who love your name be joyful in you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. You will favor. With favor, you will surround him as a shield. Thou, O Lord, art a shield about me. My glory and the lifter of my head. Look up. Let God lift you up today. Hallelujah. And if you don't know Christ today, don't run from Him, run to Him. Fall upon your knees, turn from your wicked way, trust in Christ and Him alone for your salvation. And come back next week and let's continue to pursue God's message, God's counsel, and God's hope for a time like this. In Jesus' name, amen.